whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Sometimes that is what I Look at me, Damien. <laughs> Sorrow, be my bloody love. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. We all go a little mad sometimes. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's a type of one good scare, huh? What an excellent day for an exorcism. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Hello, welcome to Horror Movie News. My name is Scott, and Mark's drinking a beer. My name is Mark, drinking a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that for ages. I haven't caught you out for ages like that. I didn't think we did that on Newsweek. No, we're doing it now because people have tuned in and then said to be messages going, what's this? Oh, I, okay. I had a couple of random messages on Twitter where I've shared the Newsweek and they're like, I've had messages going, what's your show about? I was like, ah, I, I'll add well, an Well, it kind of says in the title. Yeah, it, it kind of does. Um, Newsweek is the show that comes straight after the normal You Run podcast horror movie review. Um, so we've just finished recording The Monster Squad. And now we're going to give you some horror movie news and just generally have a catch up and a chat. It's completely uncut and edited. Um, so whatever happens, happens. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, Mark, kick us off. What do you want to talk about? I, I've got a couple of things, but not a lot this week, if I'm honest. I've got tidbits and stuff that I want to dive into. Um, there's some sort of festival, horror festival, movie festival, a bit like Sundance, but not anywhere near as, as awesome as Sundance. It's basically like the budget version of that for horror fans. Um, but stuff has been having a lot of release out there at the moment. So you've got the upcoming sl- uh, slime, Smile film. That's had some really good reviews from what I've seen. It has. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of those knockoff shit that you kind of get on Netflix at the moment where it's like, I don't know where it like kind of just drops randomly and you see it and and it's like uh, it's it's basically like a Photoshop or a, a Snapchat filter which is it kind of gives me that vibe and from what I've read from the coming out of the reviews from the festival it's, it it is what you would expect it to be but just done very very well um, yeah this is only getting a cinematic release which is quite surprising for a film of this sort of standard and stature so. From what I've read about it, for those people who have been optimistic so far, I would recommend checking this out. I'm certainly going to go check it out upon release. I think it comes out in end of October sometime. So Smile coming up so far, very positive reviews. Check that out if you can. But my main thing that's coming out of this festival at the moment is how well Terrifier 2 is doing. And I know me and you have both got strong opinions on what we felt about the first yeah. Terrifier films. But it seems to me that from what everybody's saying on Twitter, because obviously you're not technically supposed to be dropping reviews and stuff like that from this film based off your initial pre-screenings that you get at these festivals the people are allowed to sort of drop a a a basic twitter thing to say they've seen it and what their overall thoughts were and expectations but they they're not allowed to take so much of a deep dive until it's worldwide released so the twitter comments that have been coming out surrounding have basically said so far that it's awesome um, the kills have been upped. It's added a story plot this time. It's basically taken on board everything that people have said negatively about the first film and taken that and turned it into something that Art the Clown so rightly deserved. Because regardless of what my thoughts were on the first film, I think Art is an incredibly intimidating character. Um, so that's good. The only negative people have been saying that I've been hearing rumours about is the fact that this is a two and a half hour film. 
fucking for how long? Yeah, two and a half hours. This is a runtime, and they're saying that it's slightly unnecessary. What was the first one? An hour and hour and twenty. An hour and twenty at best. So you're getting uh, like an extra an hour and ten minutes worth of footage on this one. The but hour people, and twenty was too much. They're not necessarily saying, yeah. I mean, you and me, we both discussed this. We reviewed this, and we said forty minutes in. That, that was enough. Yeah, I'm and done. We still had another an hour. We still had another forty minutes to go after that. But whereas they're saying like it's 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 warranted and it makes sense and it's logical, but it kind of felt unnecessary. It's not yeah. a Christopher Nolan Batman film and it's not a Lord of the Rings entry. It doesn't need to be two and a half hours. But they're not saying it as a negative. They're just saying that it's it's awesome. They liked it. The kills are up. We get a story development. We get a plot. There's a lot of unanswered questions, and the two and a half hour runtime feels a little unjust. But they're not saying that that's a crushing factor in the overall opinion of the film. So I'm really, really pumped for this now. Something that I wasn't necessarily as pumped for in the build up to it. But now I'm thinking, I like the first film enough to want to watch a second. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I, I... I really disliked the first. I just thought it was just it's just a showcase of special effects. There's no, there was nothing in there that made, there was nothing in there that would make me want to watch the second. I don't, no doubt I will because at some point it's going to appear on the show. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this hours. comes out October October time. I don't think by the time this episode's released, we'll be far off its release date. Um, I'm I'm really really excited for it. I mean, I love. All Hallows Eve, which was the first introduction yeah, that, to Yeah, that was Cloud. the anthology, wasn't it? That's correct, yeah. So I'm a massive, massive fan of that film. I love it. I think it's very dark, very gritty. Um, but what Damien Leon did in that anthology film should have been his showcase. He basically then took his showcase and put it on a big screen when he didn't need to. He already had All Hallows Eve to showcase his capabilities. He just felt like he repeated himself, but just solely based on Art the Clown with Terrifier. Hopefully what from what I'm hearing is learned from his mistakes and, and and this is a very, very solid entry. And and I want this to do well. I really want this franchise to do well. And I think as an as a villain, I think he's a very, very intimidating character. And I think he deserves a right to have a good film behind him as well. Yeah. So hopefully we might be seeing the birth of the next modern day Chucky, Freddy, Leatherface. I think he has. I think he has the potential to be that kind of character. Yeah, and I would the, love to see him do well. So I'm hoping this Terrifier Two is going to be great when it comes out this October. The character's definitely got the poten- potential to do that. I don't know whether. I don't know whether there's enough ability behind that character beyond special effects to make me buy into it. The no, storytelling well, has to be good. Yeah, and apparently it is in this. Apparently it has taken on board the criticisms. And that's one thing that I really appreciate about Damien Leone as a director. He seems to really care about what the fans think. And he's not a case of making this for studio execs and, and all the rest of it. He's doing this for for what people want. And he's he's put Terrifier 1 out. He's taken on board what everybody's said. He's, he's got so far into it and ran out of money. And then he's been like, look, guys, this is what you want me to do. I want to give that to you, but in order for me to do that, I need a bit more money to be able to finish my film. Yeah. And he's done a Kickstarter and everybody's funded it. Hence why we've got a two and a half hour runtime. I don't know. I, I'm personally excited for it. I think Terrifier 1 was 
It wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best, but it was it, still... It was a shower of shit. It was awful. You weren't a great fan of it. <laughs> no, I, I really, really wasn't. <laughs> but I didn't necessarily hate it. So I think it was it was warranted enough. And I, and I, I really hope this does well. I really do. I hope it comes out to, to great success and, and we see the birth of something new and original because that's what the horror community is missing is is the birth of of of, of iconic and, and rejuvenated characters such as such as art the clown i think hopefully if this does well people might take on board what's being created here and and see look there is a market for slasher cannon fodder do you know because yeah. because there is i mean we love it and and there's a reason why people who love this genre go back and revisit the 80s shit time and time again yeah. it's because we love it we love uh, that and there's nothing new there's nothing new that suits that there's nothing new that comes out that falls into that wheelhouse and so we constantly relive a time period where that was the case but terrifier is is that it is that in a modern day and it and it should be given the right and the platform to to, to showcase that. And I, I just really hope, I, I really, really hope the best of success to this film. Yeah. I'll, I'll remind you of that when we're reviewing it and Art the Clown has picked up an Uzi and taken out 30 people. Yeah, and exactly. Like you say, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm wishing it success. Whether it has it and whether it deserves it or not when it comes out is a completely different story. So um, You said about people wanting something new. Um, my news this week is something that's getting a revamp. So... There is, uh, I'm sure everyone's aware of Interview with the Vampire, the Anne Rice. I've never seen it, you know. I've never seen it, Interview with the Vampire. I'm aware of it. Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Vampires, Twilight, all the rest of it. I love the fact you started on the main show going, I'm never saying I've never seen anything again. And then started news by going, I've never seen Interview with the Vampire. That classic, that classic vampire movie that everyone has seen and loves. But I've made it commonly aware that I don't like vampire films. They're fucking boring. So why would I go and watch the most boring of them all? Um, so Interview the Vampire is getting a reboot, um, but it's getting a reboot into a series. And this series is filmed and completed and comes out on the 2nd of October on AMC. I want to bring it up on that because hasn't the author of those books recently just died like two months ago? Uh, Anne Rice, yeah. So does that yeah. mean like her rights is after her death are just immediately available to everybody? Or I, I don't know how it worked. I know this was in production. I think she died about a year ago, I think. I think. But I know this was in production prior to her death. Oh, okay. So she so, would have to have signed off on it then. Yeah. And if, see, I've read the Anne Rice books. I've read Interview the Vampire. I've read The Vampire Lestat. I've read... Uh, the Vampire Armand, I've read these books and I love these books. And the films, Interview the Vampire done really well. Queen of the Damned is an absolute abomination. And if they do it right, they will be on to something that will be inevitably bigger than the Vampire Diaries. You said that, Queen of the Damned, the one with Aaliyah. Yeah. Is that a sequel to Interview with the Vampire? Yes. I never knew that. Did you not? No, you didn't. I never knew that. No, you do. And it's so wildly inaccurate to the book. It's like they just took the character names of it. That'll do. <laughs> Brilliant. I <laughs> never, ever knew that. It is so, so bad. Um, but yeah, if they stick to the story, it will be bigger than the Vampire Diaries because the Anne Rice books, the story contained within, is better than most vampire stories we get anyway. It's a very, very good story. It's a very long story that spreads over. I can, it spans hundreds of years. 
like from the 1600s right up until the the 90s. It's a big, long time period that these characters follow. So if they do it right, will be really, really good. So I'm quite excited for that. I don't know where it's coming out in the UK, but it's in the States on AMC. All right, AMC is pretty solid. They have a good yeah. reputation for, for releasing stuff. So Walking Dead, AMC, aren't they? Yeah. 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 So Breaking bad. Yeah. So it's, it's not going to be shit. They they no. pumped a lot of money into it, so it's not it's not going to be bad. Um, yeah, I mean uh, they had Breaking Bad and then that ended, then they brought on Bretta got sold. Bretta. Better got sold. Better got sold. <laughs> Bretta got sold. <laughs> Better call Saul. That's the one. Better, not better. Not better get Saul. Better call Saul. Um, <laughs> Bretta got Saul. Sounds like a Saul group from the seventies. <laughs> so maybe this is a new infill. Maybe they're um, maybe they're trying to find their new big budget thing. Vampires are coming back. We're going to get another wave of vampire stuff without a doubt, which will delight Heather because no doubt we'll get the new Twilight book in a movie. Of course, and if not. They might start showing Twilight in cinema again, which I'm sure she'll get front row seats for. Oh, 100%. 100%. She'll be sat there with her book. Yeah. yeah she Compare. loves Twilight. Everybody knows she loves Twilight. Yeah, it's, it's common knowledge now. Um, I'm sharing that in the story just to just to antagonise Heather. <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't uh, know the backstory of Heather and Twilight, Heather done a YouTube episode with me and behind her on the shelf with some Twilight books that I pointed out. And since that day despite her really loud and angry protests that they're not hers, we all we know. Call her out. We call her out on it all the time. And yeah. we're both just very thankful we live on completely different islands. <laughs> yes, completely different continent to Heather, so we're safe. And also, Heather has been sharing Twilight memes to us recently, so we know she likes it. She just... Yes, <laughs> I like the way she subtly dropped it in there. Yeah, she, Heather lives in a big Egyptian river called Denial. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, anyway, how's your week been? Ah, oh, man, shit, to be honest with you, I've been so fucking busy, so busy. Um, work has been dreadful, but I'm I'm currently renovating a camper van, a project. Your, your Texas Chainsaw Massacre van. My Texas Chainsaw Massacre van. I bought this van probably around the similar time I first met you because I remember buying it and driving it home and pulling it up on my driveway. And then when I was ripping out all the old kitchen and everything that was inside it and all the old seating arrangement and all the rest of it, that was when I was listening to the Predator episode. Oh, oh God, that was way, 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 Which way, was, way back. Kane came on. Your son Kane yeah. was on that episode. That was the first ever episode I listened to of, and you was home of Halloween then. Mm. Um, and that's when I first messaged you. And I messaged you. I was like, oh, I'm just doing my camper van out. I just picked up your episode randomly because we spoke back and forth a little bit on Instagram. But I didn't know you had a podcast at the time. We was just talking. And then I was like, oh, you're cool. You have a podcast. I'll check that shit out. And then. I listened to the Predator episode and then we was like messaging back and forth and I was telling you how much I liked the show and I thought it was really, really cool. And that's when I first recently bought the van. Um, and here we are, flash forward a year and two, maybe three months later, it's been sat on my driveway. I skinned it and basically ripped it back to bare metal. And then now I've, I, I like fixed all the shell and got it like water secure and decapitated all the rust and stuff. 
I don't know. I've just had like a sudden burst of energy with it over the past few months where I'm trying to get it ready for winter season. So that way, if I'm still working on it on the inside, at least all the exterior is done. So I've repainted it. I've encarpeted all the inside. I've put all the carpet on the outside and put the seats back in. But the past week, I've done so much carpeting. My mind has just been frazzled. I feel like a drug addict. <laughs> Let me explain why I feel like a drug addict because this is done with like a spray contact adhesive. So you spray the surface, you spray the carpet, and then you meet them and stick them together. Like I have lined this full van, mate. I have been doing it all day today, right? Spraying carpet, sticking on. And bear, bear in mind, I wear like a respirator. Like I'm fully safe. I'm that that like explains why your speech has not been great because you are high as a kite, mate. I came out of the van today and I walked into the house. And I looked at myself in the mirror and my pupils were like pistols in the snow. I was like. <laughs> Fuck, you know, if I drive now and the police pull me over, they're going to look like I've been <laughs> taking ecstasy pills for about a week. Ah, Honestly, kidding. my mind was frazzled. I felt so lightheaded when I came out of it from doing it. it, it it's, it's been intense. It's been intense. But we're back up and running. I took it for a test drive tonight. I got the seats back in it. And yes, like you say, it's very, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's the uh, it's an old VW T25, and which, by the way, I bought this like a year and a half ago. And Stranger Things came out recently and Argyle drives it. It's a pizza van that he drives. And I was going to paint it like a brownie purpley colour. And then his is like a straw colour. And I painted it straw. So thanks, Stranger Things, because you've just bumped my value of my van up by about 10 grand. So thank All you, you need to do now is stick a um, stick the pizza sticker on the side when you want to sell it. Job done. Oh, mate, honestly, since Stranger Things came out, the value of my van has shot up by about 10 grand. I was like, really? really? Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. I was like, this is fantastic. What I think I paid. Yeah, I think I paid about three and a half grand for it when I first bought it as a proper shit tip. Um, stripped it all back out and like I say obviously with the capabilities I have in my trade and stuff like that I haven't really spent much money on it buying materials but I've done it all from back to metal basically rebuilt the full thing rebuilt it it's like a brand new van repainted it recolored it it's it's, it's the cream of the crop but yeah the value is just since Stranger Things it's just shot tenfold I was like wow this is insane that, that, that's brilliant and also you used to have hair very much like that character I did used to have hair very much like Argyle. Those who know I don't have hair like that anymore. <laughs> what, what I need, I need a photo of you with your long hair so I can Photoshop you over Argyle in the van. Speaking of Heather, Heather recently added me on Facebook on my own personal profile, something that I haven't updated in years. I don't go on Facebook anymore, but she added me very some photos on there there are some archive photos uh, in that from like uh, the early 2000s that i do not want people seeing I, I have you not noticed for the last couple of episodes i've been all of a sudden had these new photos of you where do you think i've been stealing them from for our photoshop pictures <laughs> man you've missed some corkers when i have actual long hair as well and you, you haven't used them you say i've missed them i'm saving them literally every photo every photo of you on your facebook is currently saved to my phone and (laughs) all i've got is i've got like a library of mark heads that i can photoshop onto various bodies excellent Excellent. Uh, so so when we do the monsters there's a character in the monsters who you had hair like uh lily (laughs) 
<laughs> so when we do the monsters, it's you, me, and Dave. One of us is going to be Herman. One of us is going to be Grandpa, and the other one is going to be Lily. And I won't be Lily. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, yeah, my week's been. Oh, yeah, work is just work. It's just been an absolute slog, and having a four-day week just makes. All of the work. The work doesn't go away. It's just condensed into a shorter period of time. Yeah, well, you've come back off a two-week holiday straight into a four-day week and nobody doing fuck all while you've been away. So, therefore, your workload must be treacherous at the moment. Yeah, I'm pretty much caught up and sorted now. But, yeah, this week has been... I think it was, like, Thursday. I was just sat, like, banging my head on my desk. I've had enough now. Yeah, no, I, I do not blame you. I do not blame you. Like I said, we've, we've, the reason I've been able to dedicate so much time to my van at the minute is I'm just in like in between contracts. So we've just finished a big, massive contract in a, in a village just outside of my town. Um, where it's like one of those, I'm at that stage with it where I've got plumbers in and I've got like finishing projects in, I've got carpenters in and decorators in. So like, I don't need to dedicate myself to, like, usually at the start of a job when I'm building a project like that, I'm in there every single day. But at the minute, it's like, kind of works out well for me and my job because it means I get to spend a bit more time with the family. So, like, I run projects from, like, two months. They usually take about two months from start to finish where I'm, like, fully invested, like, 12 hours a day for, like, six weeks. And then the back two weeks, I'm sort of, like, in and out. I can spend yeah. a few weeks at home and just have to dedicate a couple of days a week to it. But Which explains why every seven weeks we get a massive splurge of MW Horror Reviews reviews that pop up. <laughs> Yeah, you'll just find relevantly one week you'll have like seven reviews and you'll get a review every single day. That's usually when works a bit slack. <laughs> right. What was that? What was that Russian film you reviewed that you absolutely ripped to pieces? Oh uh, yeah, so that was uh, Engineering Red. So we had uh, Spaceman on the Doll podcast on while you was aware. We did um, Sleepaway Camp and then we did Newsweek afterwards and they was talking about how they are currently doing the Ice Bear Challenge, which for those of you who aren't familiar with the Ice Bear Challenge, it's basically, you imagine Ice Bear, it's like a mountain and then you get the water level and underneath it's a, a mountain. Underwater, underwater yeah. mountain. Um, and it starts off in basically, so you'll get, the only way I could describe it is if you've got like Teletubbies at the top and then you've got like, a suburban film at the bottom. T- terrifier you, at the bottom. Yeah, and then you work your way through it, and the, the further down the iceberg you go, the, the more severe the films get. Um, and they were talking about they're doing that for their podcast, and they're doing it, and they're working their way through as many as they can. They sent me a picture afterwards of what the worst one, of, well, basically the full iceberg, something I shared in my story recently. I was like, oh, this is the iceberg. This is what we're going to do. And... Um, Here's the films that are on it. And the one right at the very bottom was called Engineering Red. So me being me was like, well, why start at the top? Let's start at the bottom and work our way up. If it's the worst of the worst, then let's see it. Let's see what's going on. So I watched it. Um, yeah, it's it doesn't belong on that list. Uh, I've never seen you tear a movie to pieces as much as you did that. And it wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentional and it, it, it didn't... <sighs> It's a student film. It's a student production in Russia. But all they've done is they've taken medical archive footage, added a Quentin Tarantino grindhouse filter over the top of this medical footage. There's a book 
called, I can't remember the name of the book now that they used, but they basically read narrative sections from this book over the top of this medical surgery procedures. They intertwine all of it together. They add some kaleidoscopic images in between and a woman dancing red and eating spaghetti really, really strangely and divide <laughs> it into three chapters and then comprise it into one film. And to be honest with you, it's just a complete waste of an hour and 30 minutes. It just makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so I wouldn't recommend it. And it doesn't warrant its place on that list, which what infuriated me is like I was expecting to be shocked and horrified to my core by what I was watching. And it, it it's not. It doesn't deserve its place. I mean, the stuff's very, very graphic and it's very, very fucking in your face and it's real as well which is what's more shocking about it is it's real and if you have a weak stomach and stuff like that offends you then don't watch it but when you get shows on television that's like 24 hours in A&E and they're doing operations and you see it live on telly where they're doing operations and they're doing heart surgery and they show you it it's basically that but with a grainy filter over the top of it to make it look gritty uh, okay it's, it's, it's not it's not what it's defended to be but Speaking of, I am going to go on Spaceman on the Door podcast. And I said to them when they said, like, oh, we're doing the Iceberg Challenge. Would you like to come on and do one? I was like, yeah, give me the worst of the worst. I'll do it. I was like, yeah, well, engineering reds in one of the bottoms. Do you want to do that? I was like, yeah, perfect. I'll do that. So I thought, right, I'll do some pre-prep. I'll watch the film before I even consider going on the show and see what it's about. I watched it. I messaged them immediately. I was like, look, I've just watched Engineering Red. This film's dog shit. It doesn't warrant an episode on a podcast. We would literally spend 10 minutes me saying this is stupid, and then that's it. I was like, let's scratch that off the list. What else can we do? So I'm going to go on, and we're going to do August Underground, um, which is, from what I've heard, is a very, very fucking dark, dark underground graphic film um, featuring a topic of film that I fucking hate vigorously, which is rape and stuff and sexual violence and stuff like that so so that's going to be what i'm going to go on there and do so if you're interested in that go follow space man adult podcast they're awesome their content is amazing they yeah, are working their way through the iceberg challenge at the moment and they've done i can't remember where they're at at the moment they've done some great movies on their show as well so they've done um tusk which i yeah, love so that's which is part of the iceberg challenge. I think oh, that's is it? More towards, yeah, so that's more towards the top end of the iceberg. And then I think as you work your way down, it gets deeper and deeper. You get like uh, Human Centipede 2, and then you get like Suburban Film. And then there's another one, which is uh, uh, Boss Noras or something like that, which is a French film, which I have seen as well, which deals with uh, zoophilia. Um, it's basically a film about a guy shagging a pig for about an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, no, I'm going to give that a miss. I've seen that too. Again, it's the same sort of category as Engineering Red. It's this art house grindy film where people are like, oh my God, this is the most shocking thing ever. And like, yeah, it's weird, but is it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 things like that just don't warrant my attention. I'm, and I, I'm not like. Yeah, that. I, you're talking to someone whose who's horror movie loves surround possession and ghost movies and slashers that to me is like i'd rather sit and watch like paw patrol with the kids yeah and the thing is as well though like i i love horror films i love i love i love horror i love being scared i love the horror nature of things but when you put something in front of me like this let's say this zoophilia film this nosferatu or whatever it's called peppa pig (laughs) <laughs> but the thing is, like, it shows scenes where it's like, oh, this is based on zoophilia and this guy's having sex with a pig and stuff. 
this guy's an actor. He's clearly not having sex with a pig, so it doesn't warrant the effect that he's having. And I know you could utilize that and say that about any horror film where you see anybody getting stabbed or... But when it's that graphic, it kind of loses all effect. Yeah, I'm not in for me. I'll be honest, I'm not in for movies like that. They just do. They do absolutely nothing for me. And I normally go, I'm bored now, and I turn it off. If a movie's there just to shock me, not being funny, it takes a lot to shock me. Yeah, and but you say that though, and the thing is, is like you get films like this. But I can guarantee you now that I was more horrified and shocked by Hereditary than I would ever be by something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Hereditary shocked the shit out, especially when uh, the head got taken off by the post. Yeah. And then <laughs> you've got fucking, you, you've got a cutting a head off with a piano wire or banging a head on the loft hat trying to get in. I mean, that shit's fucking horrifying. That yeah. is a scary ass approach to a film. You don't need to just take something that's so taboo and show it on screen in order to get yourself on the bottom of an iceberg lift. And that was what the problem was with Iceberg Red. It was like, uh, Iceberg Red, Engineering Red. It was like, yeah, the content's shocking, but it's shocking for shocking's sake. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, it doesn't warrant it being a film. And that's and that's where I fell within that. And I was like, this is just stupid. Like, there's no, there's no merit to this whatsoever. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. But yeah, do, do go and follow Spaceman and the Dolls. They're at Spaceman and the Doll podcast on Instagram. Uh, they're on TikTok. They're on Twitter. They're, they're everywhere. Their show's really, really good. Really, really entertaining. Uh, Zayfold and Katie both do a brilliant job on that show. And I'll be honest, I'm not going to lie. I'm gutted I missed that episode. Yeah, you should, man. You should be great because that was a very, very fun episode. Those guys were great. Um, Newsweek especially was a very, very fun. And like I said, we we took a deep diving to all things taboo like that. Yeah. And, uh, do you know, I liked, so the two episodes I wasn't here for was really interesting for me because I didn't hear what you'd done or what you'd said or anything. And like, when I sit down and I edit what we've done, I know what we've said. I yeah. know like on the normal show, I know where we fucked up and I go, well, yeah, we need to take that out. And on news, news, I don't do anything with. I just whack on music at each end and go, yeah, job done. Yeah. Um, but listening back to stuff that I hadn't heard before, and especially like with news, so like when it's when you've recorded news and then you've gone, thanks very much for listening to news. See you all later. Blah 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 blah. You're really clever because you leave the mics running, so you've done it with Space Man of the Dot, and you've done it with Elise. So I got this whole like thirty minute conversation <laughs> that no one's ever going to hear, where you're talking about like podcasts and going to for the love of horror, and you're talking about like what you've done this week and what you're eating and all this stuff that no one hears. <laughs> that for me, not being there was really interesting. I found that, I'll be honest, both of those nearly got the you saying goodbye at Newsweek cut out and then moved to the end of the extra 40-minute conversation you had. But I was like, no, I can't do that. That's well, I fair. just left that there for you because I knew you felt like you were missing out. So that's I, I, I definitely did. Um, have you got anything else for news this week? Uh, yeah, I want to touch upon, I know I said last week that I want to talk about Halloween every week until it's released now, so I do want to talk about Halloween briefly again. We I shared the few... teaser trailer to you earlier, the TV you spot did. trailer. You did. We didn't really shed too much light on anything. Um, there's a little bit in between that's that's new. <sighs> I don't know. I'm either extremely nervous or... I'm extremely excited and I can't make my mind up at the moment. I hope David Gordon Green and his team are, uh, are being very clever with the marketing programming with Halloween because they are not showing 
fuck all at the minute. Like they are being so coy about I, this whole thing. I have a theory that will upset every Halloween fan that I've developed over the last couple of weeks. So Karen killed Michael. I'm kind of inclined to think that she didn't kill Michael, but she's still going to be Michael for a big percentage. I I, I think it's Karen. Karen is Michael. And And I've got to be honest with you, man. I fucking hate it. (laughs) I'll be honest, I hate it too. I'm not happy with that at all. I do like the brief scene we've seen in the nightclub of the granddaughter, and I can never remember her name, where she's in... Yeah, Alison, where she's in the nightclub. If we get a Michael Myers in a nightclub having a massacre like something out of Terminator, that I'm fully on for. Michael in a nightclub wielding a knife will be an awesome scene. Yeah, I just don't think we're going to get Michael at all in this film up until the last ten minutes. I think with, I think they're so heavily leaning upon this cat copycat killer, um, imposter killer, Karen killer, if you will, throughout the majority of this film. That I think Michael's just going to pop in at the end. But I'm just, I'm just really concerned about how this film's going to pan out. I mean, the fact that they're releasing it on Peacock as well, post or post pandemic now, at the same time as it's coming out in theatric release um, the lack of marketing push that they're having with this film, they're not showing a great deal to anybody, they're doing, it's either a really really clever ploy where they, they're not showing anything because they have such tight knit secrets that they've got with the plot and the way that it's going to unfold um, Do I don't you know, want, it's just... my big secret I think is the big secret they're trying to cling on to, I don't think Michael or Laurie are going to die I definitely think Laurie's going to die. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is some of the stupid stuff because she's a fucking divvy, man, honestly. I like her. She's great as an actress. But she's a fucking idiot when it comes to interviews and all the rest of it. She just talks too much. And, like She's breaking down in tears. Like, oh, this is the last time I'm ever going to play uh, the, the Laurie thing is, Strode. It's like, well, well, why don't but, you just fucking hold a sign above your head saying, but, but, I'm going to get stabbed first. But you know she I mean? is like, one of the most talented actresses in the world. So is it all just for show? Is it, yeah. all, is it all a big swerve? And at the end, she's going to walk away absolutely fine. Is she? Do you know, there's one thing they could do that no one's considered. Can she talk Michael down? Will Michael just walk off into the sunset, walk off into the woods? Credits roll. Oh, yeah, because the police are just going to let him get away with it. I'm not being funny. They fucking let him get away in every other 85 Halloween movies. Why not make, Why not end it the same way they've carried the whole series on? Now, nah, let's be fair. This is only part four, isn't it? What, He's only got no, away with it one, two, three three times before this. <laughs> but he got away with it in Halloween 1, he got away with it in Halloween 2, Halloween 4 he got away with it, Halloween 5. Halloween no, 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 this is only Halloween 1, Halloween 18, Halloween kills. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, okay. But e- either way, he still got away with it in four movies so far. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so, okay, so, I mean, like, who gives a fuck? But yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest, though, man. Like, I'm just, I'm just very nervous. I'm very, very nervous. And you know me. I love Halloween inside and out. And I just, I don't know. I, I, it's either going to be fucking one of the most spectacular things ever. And I feel like the marketing is either so clever and so coy about it that it's done very well to keep everything under wraps that we're going to walk into it expecting 
something and then it just blow everybody's mind upon release or it's it's just going to be the sinking ship that they're expecting it to be which is why they haven't pushed any money into marketing because the marketing on this has been so weak i mean so, we're literally two weeks away and this is out and there's nothing yeah there's nothing so a little known fact that i'm going to share with the listeners because i think it's funny um <laughs> for our halloween ends episode we have no guest booked and the reason we have no guest book is because I'm not sure what kind of mood Mark is coming into the recording studio. And if he comes in a bad mood after Halloween ends, I we cannot have a guest here because it will just be Mark shouting for an hour and 20 minutes. I will be volatile on that episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure on that episode, I, I will be poking the bear on that episode. If you're in a bad mood, I will. there will be so many Halloween Ford digs. I will hit you with, do you know what? Halloween 4 is better than this. And just let you go. <laughs> this may be the episode I walk off midway through, I think. Better <laughs> there's going to be an episode where I just stand up and be like, fuck this. Drop the <clears> mic. <throat> That is going to be the Halloween. Then again, we have Halloween Resurrection with Junkie Larry. That <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to be able on that either. No, no, no one's walking away on that episode because Chunky Larry has... Uh, I've spoken to Larry a lot on Discord and various other places. Larry hates this movie so much. L- Larry hates this movie more than anything in the world. If he could purge this movie from the world he would do that over solving world hunger. He hates this with a vehement passion. Uh, so me and Larry might get on on this episode then. Oh, you, you'll definitely get on, and I am literally just going to poke both of you constantly, because I, I like Resurrection. We'll save it for the episode, but I like it. I will defend this to the end. Yeah, and that's why you're an idiot. So have you seen the latest Hellraiser trailer? Yes. And? Apart from her voice... I'm fully in. Uh, do you know what, actually? What was her voice like? Very much like Pinhead. But like female Pinhead? Yeah, but it, 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 in the novella, Pinhead was softly spoken, and I wanted them to stick with that. I know they had to keep that deep tone voice for the fans of the movies, but in the novella... I mean, you've got to find that balance, haven't you? Yeah, in the novella, Pinhead was softly spoken and referred to as feminine looking yeah so as far as i'm concerned this is a more accurate pinhead than than doug bradley i mean from what i can see they've done away with all the 80s leather and black clad sms stuff it's they are literally like i mean their skin is is pure white and flesh from what i can see I mean, yeah. it's in, it, it, I like it. I like it. I mean, uh, it's borderline. I'm, I'm not a fan of Trekkie. the. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the other Cenobite I've seen a photo of. The one who looks like, I don't know, he looks like a fruit winder that's been stretched. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a Fruit Loop. Yeah, it looks like it looks like basically like a, a Looney Tunes villain that's been put through a shredder. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not keen on him. But again, if it's nice a, to see the Chatterer back though. The Chatterer back. The Chatterer was floating in and out and stuff on the trailer. That looked cool. Yeah, I um, heard loads of rumours that CD's in it as well. Bullshit, man. These are fucking worst one out of them all. I've heard rumours that CD does make a brief appearance. Apparently there's lots of there's lots of Cenobites that are... So you're going to get shots where you've got the main Cenobites in the front and there's lots of Cenobites knocking around. And I've heard that CD's in there. Um, who's the other one? Is it Camera? 
I've heard, fucking hell, really? Yeah, so apparently there's lots of lots of little nods to all of the films that are like quick one second Easter eggs, which yeah, you see that's cool. Like I, as long as it's not like a main organ, <clears throat> it's like a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Like if you if you see an army of Cenobites looking all gruesome and vicious and awful, and then CDs like one of them ones where you have to pause it to know yeah. he's there in the background and you see him and you click back and you're like, <laughs> that's that dickhead with CDs in his head. Then, yeah. then I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm in focus and like I'm trying to make him relevant in a in a 2002 remake. Then I'd be like, oh, one thing I did want to bring up. So, have you seen Haunted Mansion, the movie with Eddie Murphy based on a Disney ride? No, but I'm aware of it. You, you're aware of it. Um, so Disney are rebooting that. Now that is it's a terrible movie, but that's a Halloween movie, yeah? You would agree that's a movie you put on for the kids at Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So they're rebo- I'm assuming that's its intention. Yeah, yeah. So they're rebooting that and they release it in March. Not October. <laughs> Not October. That comes out in March. That's like releasing a Halloween film in February. It's <laughs> like, just <laughs> I, I saw it earlier, I was like, what? And I, I've added that to our rotation in March. We're going to do that in March because I, I need Why? to... Why? I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, you do. I need to understand... We're, believe it or not, we're doing that instead of Scream 6. Fuck off. No way. We, we are. Scream 6 is moving to YouTube. Fuck you. Why do you not like me? <laughs> uh, Scream, 2, Scream 6 is moving to YouTube all to do with something to do with mousetraps and a live potential youtube lives that might be a live episode so we'll see oh yeah okay yeah then i guess yeah <laughs> yeah i wish you the best of luck with that yeah <laughs> I, the, the plan is to have funnily enough to have you on that episode because i still want you part of it and i think i think depend on how heather is after having baby she'll have had some time so if i can get all three of you on that episode i'm sure you'll all take great pleasure in watching me roll on mousetraps live i'm gonna say this now You've got your Stu Makina theory. Is it Stu Makina? Yeah, Stu Maka. Stu Maka theory. Yeah. Stu Maka theory. You've got that going on with your life, and you have done for the past year or so. Yeah. Which, okay, uh, you do you, you do you, which is fair enough. You've you've said now that if this doesn't happen in Scream Six, you'll do the mousetrap thing. I'm yeah. going to go on record now and say that if he's back in Scream Six, I am not coming on the YouTube episode. Okay, but I am telling I'm you... I'm not going to sit there and listen to you gloat for an hour and a half, okay? Do, do you know... But if he's not there, I'll be front and centre watching you do this shit. Do you know, now more than ever, I believe he's back. So my Scream stick, or my Scream, overall Scream theory, Scream 1, Dewey helped him escape. Man, I could not listen to you take pleasure in your self-righteousness for an hour and a half you, 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 I can't you, do it honestly, you, you, need to, you need to hear my theory because when you hear my theory I reckon you could buy into this that Dewey helped him escape because Stu was very upset that Billy killed his girlfriend who obviously Dewey's sister so Dewey helped him escape Dewey helped him get a new identity and relocated him to New York City far 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 away from any of the trouble are you going to tell me that Dewey's still alive no, Dewey's dead. Dewey's dead. And it's all going to come out in the early parts of Scream 6 that Stu's alive and Dewey helped him. You're and then how did g- they do away with the fact that Sydney's not back? 
So Sydney's not back because Sydney's Sydney's doing her own thing. So these killings are completely unrelated. So I reckon there's going to be a trip of some. I'm going with a school trip to New York. And one of the teens on that school trip, one of the kids at the school is going to be the first killer. They're going to rock up in New York where Stu now lives. And this shit's going to hit the news because it's the most biggest CCTV covered area ever. The closing shot of this movie is going to be Stu Marker taking out the killer and making some quip about you don't need cheap fucking imitations. Sets up Scream 7, sets up the return of Sydney. Job done. Do you know what, mate? Stu was never a force. Stu was never... It was just no. a ride-along. It was just yeah, a, he, he, Billy's he, ride-along, man. Yeah, I don't think he a hundred, has that power. 100% he was a ride-along. It's been a long time since that happened. He set up his own new life. He's got away from it all. If it lands back on his doorstep, the man's crazy. He, he's going to come back for a comeback tour. What are you saying about to be like some sort of John Kramer character? Yeah. Nah, fuck that shit, man. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we will see what happens with Scream 6, but I don't hold out hope for this franchise for the fact that Neve's not coming back. I think... I think Scream Six is going to be the final nail. This is this is the Freddy's Dead of the Scream franchise. I think. Yeah, I just hope they've done as much as I loved it. I hope they've done with the Wes Craven tributes now. Wes was a I wonderful mean, director. Is, like, is it the new characters that have come into it with um, Randy's cousins and all the rest of it? Like, do you genuinely care enough about these characters to see them fall from a, a, a sequel on their own? No, which is why they need an OG cast member, which is why they brought Kirby back. Because, again, she lives in New York. So this is what I'm saying. Is Kirby enough to front it? No, which is why which is why Matthew Lillard will be back, because simply it's not enough. But if you're going to sit there for an hour and a half film and see him come in in the closing credits... The closing credits will be... If 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 the closing credits or even a post credit scene is Matthew Lillard knocking off Ghostface, the new Ghostface, that will be enough to push a seventh movie. That'll be because, enough to milk a seventh. Because Samara Weaving's a big part player in this, isn't she? Samara Weaving is the opening kill. I'm fucking convinced. She's on and, like Drew um, Barrymore. The thing is as well, not only is Samara Weaving back, but who's the guy from Scream 3? Who's Sydney's alleged partner? Uh, uh yeah. Um, uh, oh god, what's his name? Uh, the guy, knockoff Johnny, knocky Robert yeah, Downey Jr. looking the, guy. The guy from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, uh, back uh, is a main bit part. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I think I think Samara Weaving's a big swerve, a little bit like Drew Barrymore. They're billing her top billing. She's opening kill. Yeah. It is going to be interesting, and I, and I hope they take a Halloween ends approach and <laughs> they keep that shit under wraps for the trailers. Do you know what would be amazing if they just massacred the entire cast in the first 20 minutes? Yeah, that'd be cool. If they just was like, basically, these kids were a college field trip to New York, boom, Ghostface flows up, fucking stabs a jerry can with his knife on the bus, leaves a fucking petrol trail, sticks a lighter to it and just fucking blows them all up in the opening credits and just walks off down an alleyway in New York. Yeah, and then just, just just pops up Scream. 
But yeah, yeah, I'd be like, boom, fuck it. Yeah, revamp, rescreen, let's yeah. do it. Completely... Basically a remake without being a remake. Yeah, we, we've a done meta, a sequel. A remake. Yeah, we've done a sequel. We've killed everyone in the opening eight seconds. Yeah. And then everyone in the theatre sat there going, fuck, what are they yeah. going to do now? And then the, the most got... meta remake you've ever seen, and Samara Weaving was on our new final go. Yeah, you've Bang. got a clean slate then. Start again. Start again. Do whatever you want. Go whatever direction you want. It's completely irrelevant to the previous plot. Yeah. Yeah. Happy but days. While still being a sequel. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm all over that. Yeah, yeah I, I would be as well. That would be perfect. I hope they listen to news. I hope, I hope now the writers... <laughs> can, we them, can we tag them in this episode? Well, uh, uh, yeah, I'll tag them on release now. I'll tag the Scream official account. The thing is, I just got a notification saying they've just wrapped on filming. So. Ah, fuck. Too late. Is it? Wouldn't, well, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if all of a sudden they hear this podcast go, why didn't we do that? All these writers. And then they put filming back. Like, oh, we put screen back to 2024 because we've got some reshoots. Yeah, we've got some reshoots. We're going to redo the whole thing because Scott and Mark had a better idea than us. <laughs> I feel like we have better ideas than most people. Yeah, we, we really, really do. We really do. So, same as like with Halloween Ends. Kill Michael Myers in the opening scene. Fucking take it a no. different direction. No, we we no, we don't agree on that. Let me yeah, get this clear. We do not agree. We don't kill, agree kill, kill Michael Myers and cut straight to the Silver Shamrock Company. I do. I I tell you what, right? I'm not really a massive Halloween three fan. I've made this very clear. I like the concept. I like the idea of it, and I think as a standalone film, it's pretty great. But I would really, really, really like to see incorporated in Halloween ends and I don't know why I don't know why I don't know something about me just wants it to be incorporated I just want to see something different I, I, I'm still don't forget we've got our bet as well what's our bet I can't remember our our, um, our cameo bet so Buster Rhymes or uh, Sherry Moon Zombie if they appear you're buying the beers first night for the love of horror and what if what if you're wrong then I'm buying the beers for the first night of a love of horror. Fucking big nightmare. We're only there for one night, really. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the funny thing is, though, when Buster Rhymes turns up and he fly kicks Michael in the face, I, I will laugh a lot. I take solace in the fact that I know that I have to bring no money with me now to the love of horror. <laughs> <laughs> no, you still need to pay for your photos and your merchandise. I'm, I'm just buying beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, okay. Then. I, don't need, I don't need no beer money. Yeah, we're limited you to three beers. That's all you're allowed. Fuck off, man. You know I drink <laughs> three beers before we've even reached a recommended account. <laughs> uh, I've got nothing else for news, have you? Uh, no, I mean, um, oh, quickly, Nick Frost is coming out in a new serial killer-based slasher film with Lena Headey from Game of Thrones films. Um, but yeah, no, not really. Not really. That's something I'm looking forward to happening. Nick Frost is awesome. He is yeah. a god and should be statued across the UK. I love him dearly. Yeah, um, Nick, Nick Frost for Prime Minister, Simon Pegg as Chancellor. Yes, the duo would <laughs> put this country to rights without doubt. Um, yeah, when he sits there and goes, sorry, but I don't care what you cunts think. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, all over that. I'll vote for that. Exactly. So, yeah, Nick Frost for Prime Minister. Um so yeah, other than Nick Frost and the Lean Heady thing that's coming out, we don't know a great deal about what's happening between the two. It was just something that Nick Frost had, had shared on his own personal Instagram the other day that I noticed. Um, 
Funnily yeah, enough, no. he'll, he'll, he'll get a tag on release day too. Nick Frost for Prime Minister, just to get his interest, maybe. <laughs> we should start a campaign. <laughs> he can't be any worse than what we got. I don't know. I mean, we've certainly got a step up at the moment, but yeah, yeah, that is um, a slight step up at best. It is. Um, anyway, I'm going to let you sign off news because this is the new thing now. I just let the co-host sign off because Heather Fuck does off, it. I signed off the other episode. Yeah, but Heather does it great every week because she's got like a little scripted sign off and she's wonderful. Uh, Elise does it every week because she does her kind of weird like, bye. Which, that's what she says. Bye. Waves her hands, and, and then I co- <laughs> and then I copy it. Um, so yeah, so th- they both step up to the mark. Are you saying you you're not you can't do it? Uh, hold on, let me think. Let me think. What can I do? That's um... you, you need like a catchphrase to sign us off. A catchphrase. Yeah. Uh... I steal something from a Halloween movie. Uh, what, what's Buster Rags there when he kicks Michael out the window? This film is dog shit. That's what he says when he kicks him out the window. <laughs> 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 yeah, he fucking does indeed. Um, I can't remember, but next week on Newsweek, I will have watched Halloween Resurrection because we will have it coming up for the show. Yeah. And I will learn Buster Rags' catchphrase before I kick him out the window, and that will be my new sign-off okay. for... But I think it's something like, I don't know, it's something like Kung Fu Motherfucker. Yeah, that sounds something like that. It's something stupid like that, but I I will save it for when I've seen it. Okay, so until then, until then, you need to find a way to sign us off. I'm just going to go straight up and just be like, hold on, let me get get my stance right so I can do it like a proper news reporter. (laughs) Cheers, guys. Thanks for this week, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Sometimes, that is better. Look at me, Damien. (laughs) Sorry, I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. We all go a little mad sometimes. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's a type of one good scare, huh? What an excellent day for an exorcism. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs>